You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. Hello, what's going on, everyone? This is Brendan Chagru. Welcome into the latest edition of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. I am not Ryan Dangle. I am driving this vehicle, this show. Ryan has the night off. So this is going to be an interesting episode. This should be fun. Uh, there's probably going to be a few uh, kinks along the way, just like that. The <laughs> music keeps going, but we're going to have some fun. And we are one week away from the NFL draft. It's so exciting. The wait is Almost finally over. I can't wait. But we, before we get into that, we got to bring in the rest of the guys on the show. So uh, first off, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can get me at Brendan Chagru. And you can follow my work on thebearswire.com. Have a few articles uh, this week and more content coming up as we get closer to the draft. With me is Patrick Sheldon. You can find him on Twitter at P underscore Shells and find any of his work at thewindycity.com and we have jack wright you could follow him at bear down jack on twitter guys how's it going i feel like it's it's been a rough weekend in terms of baseball and i know this is a football podcast but my cubs lost a few games uh the Sox just got destroyed by the rays was it two walk-off losses jack Yes, it was. They're um, they're they're terrible, guys. I mean, I mean, it's not maybe as bad as getting shut down by Kevin Gaussman, but he's a good Toronto pitcher. The Yankees don't have a lot of talent, so. I dude, shells. I saw that because our our friend T.J. Brooks uh, felt you know our Canadian friend. Uh, he's a big yeah. uh, Blue Jays fan. He was like, "Oh, it's a good series." I wasn't following what the Yankees did, but you just went off on what was happening. Yeah. It, you know, this is like I, I don't want to be an arrogant Yankees fan, but I'm going to be an arrogant Yankees fan. And uh, it's cool we win like 90 plus games every year, and make the playoffs, but then um, our weaknesses are exposed. And Brian Cashman does not know how to build a, a modern day roster. He was fantastic in the 90s, although most of that was probably Stick Michaels' team um, and his draft picks, but. Uh, since then, he hasn't done a whole lot. So I look forward to watching the same team I've watched for the last 14 years as currently constructed, um, win a bunch of regular season games, and then lose in the playoffs. But, hey, at least we got that, right? We're not the White Sox. Oh, no. Ouch. That's low-hanging fruit, dude. It's low-hanging And, I mean, fruit. look, look, yeah. the Cubs lost. It is. It, and I do kind of feel sad for you guys. But the Cubs, they did lose three out of four to the Dodgers. But it's – been such a fun start to the season i'm just enjoying it and relishing in everybody else's pain so i'm i'm totally good with that but we can talk baseball so much i mean it's just the start of the season but this is a football podcast so i'm sure people want to hear our thoughts on the bears and what's happening in the draft and we have a really really special guest coming up uh that that jack's been really excited about he was able to book and we have tyler aki coming up from espn 1000 but first we have to tell you guys 
about a couple of our sponsors. First off, if you're looking for a home at some point, go to our guy, Jeff Cadwallader. He's, he's kind of been in a transition period, but when he gets up and running, he's our guy and we want to make sure that he's your guy too. So uh, we just want to thank Jeff for all of his support and can't wait for his next venture for what he's going to be doing because I, guys, I have a lot of people that are looking for houses. So a lot of friends and I know, uh, you know, they can definitely use Je Jeff for when that happens. It's time to get a haircut, everyone. You got to go get it. It's going to be spring. I'm going to get it nice and cleaned up. Sheridan's Barbershop in downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 68 years. They have six barbers, and they're open six days a week, uh, Monday through Saturday. They've got appointments available to book at your convenience. And you can go to sheridansbarbershop.com, or you can call 630-668-0137 and book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. All right, without further right, Jack, ado, uh, let's yeah, bring go for in. it. Okay, so if you listen to Waddle and Sylvie uh, in the afternoon at all, you've heard Tyler Aki. He's a Glenview native, uh, a Syracuse grad. Uh, he's a producer uh, at ESPN 1000. Sometimes he hosts later in the evening and does an excellent job when he gets the chance to do that. It's Tyler Aki, everybody. Welcome in, Tyler. How are you? Appreciate you guys having me. Forward to the draft. Looking forward to talking some bears with you guys, too. Yeah, Tyler, before we get into just everything with the draft and honestly what you're doing with Waddle and Sylvie, which is just fantastic. Like, we're, we're big Waddle and Sylvie fans. We're big ESPN 1000 fans. It has been a big year for you guys. Like, you are now the home of the Chicago Bears. Like, that is huge. And I'm so excited for everything that's happening with you. So I, I kind of want to hear from you. I know you're, you know, you're not Danny Zetterman, but you obviously have been, you know, uh, you're part of the whole, you know, operation. What's it been like kind of going from, you know, becoming the home of the bears and kind of what's, what's kind of been like that as a, as a fan. Well, Brendan, first off, you're correct. I am Zetterman. My, my hair is much shorter. Uh, I don't have a very regimented diet. Uh, my exercise <laughs> tendencies are not as good as Danny Zetterman's. Uh, I do aspire to one day be on that level of, of fitness. But um, just in terms of the the Chicago Bears coming to to ESPN 1000, it's fantastic. And I think one of the the great things about this past week was seeing everyone that is going to be a part of our team too for this upcoming season, whether it's Lance Briggs, Jason McKee, Pat the Designer, and then of course some of the people that you see and hear every single day on the station but like my roommate is a Steelers fan and I told him about oh Lance Briggs is joining the team and he was just like whoa like that's a big deal that's pretty cool and like for me Lance Briggs Jason McKee like those dudes are in my wheelhouse of like my growing up with the Bears fan I'm like those were the guys when I became a Bears fan I was watching Lance Briggs. I was watching uh, Jason McKee. I was watching those dudes. And it was so cool to now call them teammates of ours over at uh, ESPN 1000. So a lot of exciting stuff. Looking forward to all of it. And, and it's, it's Bears 365. And that's the best part of it is this is not just, oh, Sunday, Sunday uh, whenever the, they play, whether it's noon, afternoon, uh, or Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night. It's not just that day is the bears it is 365 days of bears and that's the best part about it it kind of has me amped that's cool <laughs> <laughs> that was really cool 
you know, talking about your childhood and, and now being team, teammates with some of these uh, epic, iconic bears, tell us a little bit about your your sports origin story, Tyler. Like, when did you develop a passion for sports and sports radio? Uh, was there somebody that influenced you uh, the most when you were young? And these are a lot of questions, sorry, but was there was there some sort of like seminal moment in your Chicago sports fandom? Yeah, so I think there's a couple things. I remember I would grow up and I would always read the Chicago Tribune with my dad. We would read through the the sports section and it's like you're picking through all the scores here and there. You're looking at the box scores. You're also doing stuff like um, looking at the standings and, and the uh, the leaderboards. Like I remember with baseball, like, oh, you're checking the home runs. You're checking the runs. You're checking the, the RBIs, all that. And so that's how I really got into sports, I think, early on. And I remember I would sit down Sundays, watch the Bears with my dad. Um, and then I, I would obviously play sports. And, and he was really integral with getting me into sports, whether it was playing baseball, basketball, uh, did some flag football. I never played tackle, but I played flag football. Um, and so he was a big part of that. And we'd go in the backyard, throw the ball around and stuff like that. We'd go to the park and shoot baskets. It was, it was him that really got me into sports. And then, like, when I would, I went to a school in Des Plaines for, uh, what was it, three years. So it was fourth through sixth grade. I went to school in Des Plaines and I was from Glenview. So I would drive there and in the morning, I'd listen to Mike and Mike on the way in. And on the ride home, I would listen to Carmen Yurko and Harry or Mac Yurko and Harry. Um, so that was like my first taste. And it's like, I always wanted to listen to, to ESPN 1000 because, I mean, it's the, the four most recognizable letters in sports, right? ESPN. So that's what drew me to that. And I would listen to them. And then when I was in high school and, and was driving to school, I, I would listen to it would be Mike and my way in. And then it would be Waddle and Sylvia on the way home. So it's like I would always listen to those guys. And, and it's funny, like I was always intrigued to listen to Waddle and Sylvia. Like I would hear um, like promotions or I'd hear the guys talking about Waddle and Sylvia. It's like. Oh, they're on, what was it, like 9 to, to noon or something like that back in the day. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like, oh, I can't ever listen to them because they're on while I'm in school. And, like, podcasts weren't a thing back then either. Um, so you couldn't, like, get them on demand like that. But I was always intrigued, like, oh, I wonder what the Waddle and Sylvie show sounds like. Um, but then when I was in high school, I would always listen to them on my, my drives home from high school. So it was kind of that full circle moment of now uh, I'm working with them every single day. I've got this like little foot picture of the two of them and they signed it for me at a bulls game. This must've been like 10 years ago now, something like that back when the bulls were good and they were doing shows at United center too. Um, but yeah, it, it's cool to like have that full circle moment now. That's, that's so cool, man. Cause like you're, you're a little younger than me. I think like what you're like, 26 yeah 25 yeah oh man nailed it i know you just had a birthday recently but yeah Mm -hmm. um so like i i had a similar experience like in college trying to get the podcast because it was so hard to listen live and but for Mm -hmm. you to actually go from hey i'm just a high school kid listening to this and you know wanting to be a part of it to now you are a a very key figure in that operation, which is which is so cool to see so um you love to you love to see stories like that yeah, no, it's great. And I think one of the other like sort of small world type of scenarios is so I went to Glenbrook South High School at a, a radio station at the high school. And it's it's a really like 
fun class. It's like part of a class. And then it's like the after school club is like, oh, you host radio shows. Um, we, we split the frequency with Glenbrook North. So it's Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. We get the frequency and then Fridays we alternate with them. And then Tuesday, Thursday and Sunday, uh, Glenbrook North would get the frequency. Um, so I was a part of that radio class and it's a really fun like atmosphere to be a part of that. It's called news and sports class. And it's funny because Courtney Cronin was also a part of that. Now she's older than me, but so we didn't overlap, but we had the same teacher, this guy, doc, Dr. Dan Oswald, we all call him doc. And it's funny. Like I remember I would go into his office. He has his office inside the classroom and you look up on the walls of his office and everything up there is all of Courtney's awards that she won. <laughs> it's like she won like wow. uh, it was like all these like best uh, station, best shows, all this stuff. It's all across his uh, his office walls. So it's cool. I was like, oh, like Courtney Cronin. And now it's funny. Like I, Courtney, I've hosted shows with Courtney, too. So it's it's that full circle moment once again of um, that Glenbrook South sort of Titan pride, too. That It's cool to, to have that moment as well. I, I hope you told her like, Hey, you know, like, Hey, I'm Tyler Aki. Nice to meet you. Um, you're really hard to live up to. <laughs> yeah. <in> high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, it was funny. Cause like, uh, she won all those awards and then she graduated, goes to Indiana. And then I think the station just stopped winning the awards. So I guess they stopped entering for some reason. So like Courtney it was, it was like the end of the dynasty. Once Courtney, uh, had graduated. Hey, Tyler, thanks for joining us. Uh, we've been fortunate enough to have both Waddle and Sylvie on the show. So we wanted to do just a quick uh -huh. game here uh, called Who Would You Call? And okay. if any of these questions, if you feel like they put your current employment in peril, you let us know and we'll come up with a different question. <laughs> <Sounds> but <good. laughs> we want to know under these scenarios, which one would you call Waddle or Sylvie? So right, let's say right, you I were like just this. in a really, really bad situation. Who would you call? Uh, I would call Waddle. Definitely I would call Waddle. Um, just because like, I know you call Waddle, like he is the greatest human in the world. Like you call Waddle and boom, he's there. He'll pick up your call. He's there. He's also probably no, been in a lot a of bad situations, right? Yes. Like he, <laughs> I mean, he played for the bears. He's a, he's a tough SOB. Like he, yeah, I'll, I'll take Waddle there. All right. Uh, how about if you needed some cash? Who's, who's coming through with the bag full of money? Waddle. He, he's Waddle. the one that always he, he supplies the the station coffee runs like going going and getting coffee. So, yeah, I'll, I'll call Waddle for that. All right. How about if there's a huge event in town and you need tickets to get in the show? Who are you calling? I'd call Sylvie and like Sylvie is more of like a go to games guy. Like Waddle doesn't go to a lot of games. Sylvie's a go to the event type guy. Uh, so I'd call Sylvie because he he would know better. I feel like. All right. I, I think I know the answer to this next question, but maybe we'll be surprised. Uh, could be some controversy at the station here. Uh, you were about to get into a fight. Who are you calling for backup? You know, the answer actually might surprise you. I'm going to go with Sylvie. Yep. And wow. like, I know, I know Waddle's like the former bear, the former athlete, but like you hear him talk about his aches and pains and all that stuff all the time. Um, I'll go with Sylvie there. Yeah, that, Waddle that makes also, sense. He he also seems like he's he's a lover, not a fighter. Like yes. he's just that, mm -hmm. you know, Now he guy. may be better at diffusing the situation. Yeah. Like 
I may I may walk up to the plate there and be ready to fight, but he'll be the one that makes sure there is no fight. Whereas like yes. Sylvie, Sylvie, he, he's going to get in there and he'll rumble. Yeah, yeah so a hard ass. I, I, <laughs> I, I feel like Sylvie would pull out all the punches. He's not gonna. He's not he's gonna not be gonna the hold fair back. Fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do what needs to be done. <laughs> yes. You just see him getting fired up. You know, gloves down. Let's let's go. You know, I got your back, yep. Tyler. Yep. Okay. So, thanks for that. That was fun. So, more on the on the serious side. When you think about your experience so far with the Waddle and Sylvie show, Tyler, mm-hmm. what? What would you say is one of the most rewarding parts of being, uh, you know, such an integral part of the show? And then conversely, what would be an aspect uh, that is the most difficult uh, as a part of being the show in the show? So the most rewarding is definitely just knowing that people listen. And I know that sounds like simple and, and like, yeah, you're a radio show, like people listen. But like, it's how Jack, I met you and Brendan, I've met you before, like seeing you guys at events and stuff like that and seeing all the people that come out to, to some of these events, like that's cool. And, and being a part of that and being on the road with them at all these different bars and restaurants and stuff like that. And being a part of that show and seeing all the people that show up and listen and you know every last detail about the show and all that, like that's cool to me. And, and it's very rewarding to be a part of and just knowing that people care and, like sure, we're we're on a an AM frequency and we're we're on Twitch and we're we're on an app and you can listen wherever. But like just knowing that, all right, yeah, like you ha- have the ability to listen, but like people actually do listen. Like to me, that's cool. Um, and the, the most difficult part, it's probably like day to day. Like sometimes not a lot of things happen, and it's always trying to find something unique and entertaining to single day, um, and it's. It, like there's you always hear like the the play the hits well sometimes like the hits get tiring like this but at a certain point like that song gets annoying every once in a while sometimes find a new fresh perspective on on things um every single day and that that's always a challenge but it's part of the challenge too like sometimes you sit down and you got writer's block in terms of what you want to talk about each day but sometimes you, you go down and sometimes it's the days where you think you've got nothing that you've got the most stuff. And sometimes it's the days where you think you've got the most stuff and everything's planned that you got, you really struggle sometimes uh, to, to produce shows and stuff like that. So it's, it's that sort of balance of, all right, making sure you're, you're finding a new fresh way of saying the bears have the ninth overall pick, right? Like, Oh, maybe they trade back they they do something else with the pick maybe is it the running back conversation is it do you go offense or defense like all that stuff i think is finding new ways to to make the bears having the ninth overall selection a different story every single day jack you muted i do that once every time (laughs) Uh, do you do the um do you do the florida uh in ohio yes i am i am the Pretty fun, yes. Yes, yes. So yeah, the Florida or Ohio stories, and then all the weird Waddles World stories too. Awesome. That must yeah. be kind so, of fun to look at stuff. It is like, research. and it kind of keeps you in tune with like some weird news that maybe happen. Like, uh, there's obviously your big headlines that you see on all the major news outlets, but then there's like the things that, don't, like, if there's a weird story in like Colorado that's not making the the Chicago news, right? But it's making the Colorado news and like now you're in tap with what 
this wacky thing happened out in Colorado, this wacky thing happened down in Georgia, Florida or Ohio, what, what's happening there and stuff like that. So yeah, no, I, I'm in charge of finding all that. And it's, it's always interesting and it's always uh, like new studies that you see there. It's, it's pretty intriguing and funny stuff. Um, I, I just want to say like you, you started off right away saying the appreciation of people listening and coming out to live shows. I'll back you guys up and say, the entire show, the station, but especially you guys and Waddle and Sylvie do a fantastic job of making listeners feel appreciated. And people are coming out to see you guys, but you're reciprocating and really just, you know, valuing those conversations. And, you know, you make us, I feel like as listeners feel valued. And I think that's something across all ESPN 1000. You don't get that from other stations, especially in town. So um, those values that are there, I, I think it's it's really impactful. And I think us as listeners, we really do. And you probably do, too, growing up on it. Um, mm-hmm. It really yeah. makes you feel like that. But um, I do have to ask one question before we get into the draft. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with Mitchell from Displains when you're filling in on Black and Abdallah? <laughs> I'm, I'm dead serious. I don't get um, it. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic question. Um, sometimes you you just know what you're signing up for. Like, you know you're signing up Justin Fields isn't the guy and Vince Evans is the best quarterback in Bears history conversation. <laughs> and you're like, oh, Vince Evans never threw more than like, what, 11 touchdowns in a season or something like that. So it's like you just know what you're signing up for at times. You know that used to be – I used to like th- – there was an, an era of Mitchell calls where he would call in and have a wine review. And yeah. he would tell you like – there was a wine and oh, it's on sale at, at Benny's or it's on sale at Jewel right now. Like there were like these wine reviews and I, I was actually like sort of intrigued by, by those. And, and now you get like the, the your horoscope given to you as well. So you get all that different stuff and, and it's just like, you, you kind of know what you're signing up for when you, when you, you punch in that collar. So uh, you, you take it and, and you have fun with it along the way. Oh man. Well, you guys, uh, everybody who, who fills in on that slot, uh, you, you guys are, you guys are angels <laughs> for dealing with that because it's, it's entertaining, but I could see it being a lot. Um, but we, we should, I could talk radio and about ESPN 1000 like forever. And hopefully we can do that another time, but, uh, Absolutely. we do have to get to the draft. Um, and I want to start off with a fun one. You kind of alluded to it, like trying to reinvent the wheel and talk about things that keep happening. But it's it's been the same conversation over and over. Ever since the Bears got the ninth pick, this is who they could pick. Like, these are the players available. You can only do so many mock drafts. Is there a weight to you? Like, is there a worse weight than the NFL draft? Because I think it's pretty terrible. You know, I didn't think that for the longest time. But now that we're in the thick of it, yes. And here's, I have my theory why. This team doesn't pick in the first round very often. So we're waiting for Friday anyway, most of the time, as opposed to waiting for, for Thursday. So because you're kind of like sitting out uh, that first day, oftentimes it's felt like. So, no, I like I had never felt that way up until recently. And it, like now you, you get into April, like they made the trade. What was it? They made the trade mid-March, like early mid-March. Um, and then it's like, okay, that shapes the perspective of what you're looking at a little bit differently going into it. And now you're sitting and waiting like, damn, we still got another month and a half to go to, to get to when they're actually going to be making that pick. So I, 
I, I think that the wait for it is, yeah, no, you're right. Like it's been dragging out so long. And then even when we get there too, like the ninth pick, what is it? You get 10 minutes in the, the first round too. So once you get there, it's still another like hour and a half. Cause you know, they, these teams milk every second of that 10 minute clock, even though they probably know who, who like you've got a board, right? Like you really need all, all if, when you've got a board like that. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's uh that's another thing too. Like you you get there and then the weight is amplified even more when you're waiting to get to to pick number nine and it's still like another hour and a half once you get there. This was a kind of a tough one, so I sent it to you in advance, Tyler. So wanted you to rank the following recent developments from mm-hmm. least to most impactful. So least to most. Okay. So the stadium build. Okay. Uh, GM Ryan Poles, hiring of mm-hmm. Poles, head coach Matt Eberflus, hiring of team president Kevin Warren, the 22-23, like both of these two drafts, mm-hmm. the development of Justin Fields. Okay. So number one, far and away for me, is the development of Justin Fields because that makes everyone else's life easier on that mm-hmm. list that you just so I yes, far and away number one, Justin Fields. Three are and this sounds about, but two and three are kind of a tie for me because I think they go very hand in hand with each other. But it's the draft and Ryan Poles, the hiring of Ryan Poles. Like I'll I'll maybe give a slight edge to to Ryan Poles in this regard because he's sort of this architect of the rebuild right now, and when you talk about Ryan Poles, you're also talking about the trades that he makes, including the one that he just made to go get the number nine overall pick and get DJ Moore in that pick as well, as well as some additional draft assets, um, trading away, Cleo Mack, trading away, Roquan Smith, trading away, Robert Quinn. Like that's all part of trying to build a a sustainable franchise and a sustainable team. And so I'll go with Ryan Poles as number two. Number three is these drafts. I think these drafts are paramount because in the perfect world for Bears fans, Justin Fields is and he's an elite level quarterback. And if that happens, these drafts are so important because what's next? Well, now you got to pay Justin. And we've talked so much about the amount of cap space that this team has had. And I think part of it is freeing up some of that cap space. So in the event that you do have to go pay your quarterback, you're going to still not have to hemorrhage other parts like we're seeing with a bunch of other they're losing some significant parts because you allocated all that money to your quarterback and rightfully so like that's just the cost of doing business in the nfl and the cost of having an elite level quarterback so these drafts are going to be important because you're going to get talented players for cheap you need to nail that because in a an ideal world you're paying your quarterback right so you're going to have to find cheap talent on your roster uh, my number four, I'll go with Matt Eberflus there, that hiring. Um, I, I do like what I've seen from Eberflus. And again, I'm not like over the moon about I'm not um, kicking and screaming the fact that he's the head coach of Bears right now. I think the evaluation year is the upcoming year. Um, but I, I like the the culture and the discipline standard that he has set with this team so far. And then my, my five and six year, I'll go hiring Kevin Warren and then the, the stadium build. The stadium build is last for me because, A, it's so far out. Like, we're talking, what, 2030 if 
things go according to plan in all likelihood. Right. Um, so I'll go with that as last. And it's not that I think that it's not important. I think it is important, but I'm also not a big, like go to football games guy. I like to sit on my couch on Sundays too. So to me, the, the bill the, the not as important to me, but still something that I believe is very needed for this franchise. Tyler, this roster has an absolute uh, ton of holes, right? And so yeah. maybe with the exception of quarterback, no matter who they pick uh, with, with their draft picks, they're going to fill a need. But right. I want to know, in your opinion, what position group do you think is the most pressing need? Is it offensive tackle? Is it defensive tackle, edge rusher, cornerback, uh, center? Where do you think is the most pressing um, need on this roster? I think by far and away, it's the defensive line. And you can't go wrong with an edge rusher or a defensive tackle, a three technique type of guy right now, if you're the Bears. Because think about, like, a lot of people are saying, oh, do you draft a wide receiver with Jackson Smith and Jigba? But, like, you've got a guy in that room that is a borderline one type with DJ Moore. So you've got that. You've got a couple other nice surrounding pieces as well with, with a guy like Darnell Mooney. You've also got um, on the offensive line, I think there's a building block there with someone like Braxton Jones. Uh, I think there you might have something with Tevin Jenkins there. There are pieces there. There's no pieces on this defensive line right now. And that to me was a big reason why this team suffered last year. And they let up so many points and, and the, the run game could not be stopped. So I think that especially with a defensive minded coach in Matt Eberflus, you need the defensive line shored up because that's going to make everyone else's life easier. A lot of people were picking on Kyler Gordon last year. And listen, it, it did, but because he had to cover guys for five, six, seven seconds, and you're never going to look good as a cornerback when you have to be in coverage for that long. So to me, defensive line is by far and away the number one need for this team. And so just to quickly follow up on that, is there a player at number nine that you think is worthy of that number nine pick on the uh, defensive line? Or uh, do you see that more maybe in a trade back? Um, I, I think it's it's kind of you have to watch how the draft plays out. Like if Jalen Carter's there, boom, done. I think that's a pretty easy one. If Tyree Wilson, boom, done. I think that's that's an easy pick to to make right there. It gets into the, all right, what happens if both of those guys are off the board? And for me, like, Watching this draft, I'm focused in on the cornerbacks with Devin Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez because I think that's going to dictate whether or not one of these defensive linemen will be available for the Bears. And I think you're looking at the quarterbacks too. What's going to happen with Will Levis, it seems like, will be the, the fourth of the quarterbacks here. Um, but what's going to happen there? I think the cornerbacks with Witherspoon and Gonzalez are going to dictate whether or not one of these defensive linemen will be there. But I, I like both Wilson and Carter, and I think if you trade back, you could talk me into guys like Miles, Miles Murphy, Brian Breesey, all those guys. Like, I don't think you just need to start stockpiling assets on that defensive line. All right, so let's fill in the blank, Tyler. Here we are. It's going to be Bears are up around the clock. Ninth pick is there. We're assuming they're not trading back, uh, which they might. So if blank – is selected with the Bears' 2023 ninth round pick. You will be psyched first, and then mm-hmm. someone they picked that which you'd be pissed. Yeah, psyched. I will go with uh, Jalen Carter. 
I will be absolutely over the moon if he is a Chicago Bear because, as I mentioned, like defensive line is such a need for me right now. I will be pissed if Bijan Robinson is the pick. I think, and I think we've seen Ryan Poles kind of tip his hand a little bit. That would tell me that a running back is not in the car just because of what we've seen with some of the signings in the offseason, cheap running back deals. It seems like he subscribes to the dime a dozen running back approach with some of those moves. Even look at last year in the draft when he goes out and um, and just not bringing back David Montgomery as well. And I think that's, to me, you've got so many right now. You had the number one rushing team, and I get a lot of that's the quarterback too. You had the number one rushing team in the league last year, and you've got so many needs. Why are you drafting a running back? I, I, I as, as someone who already subscribes to the, I wouldn't draft a running back in the first round theory in the first place. Why are you drafting them at 10 when you're coming off a season with the number one rushing attack in the league? That to me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And you're not concerned. Go ahead. Go ahead, Brennan. No, 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 Jack, go for it. Go for it. Well, I mean, it's verging on getting redundant. We've talked a lot about Jalen Carter, but maybe you can give us a fresh perspective because mm-hmm. I know Shells is out on him. I'm out on him. I'm pretty sure Ryan Dangle is out on him. I'm not sure where you are, Shigru, but the, the red flags don't don't bother you. There And again, it's got to be something you do your homework on, right? Like I'm not the one doing the homework here. I, I'm in the interviews and listen, if there are, if what Ryan pulls his homework has told him is these red flags are too much, then yeah, I think you, you stray away from it, but you look at the talent and you think about some of the things that you did when you were a, a 20 or 21 year old kid. Now, hopefully we're lucky enough that our dumb actions didn't result in the, the death of someone else. Um, but I think you you can learn from these too. And I think that's another thing where you look at what he's been through now. It, it's it's not an easy thing to to experience the the death of a friend like that too. And I'm wondering if that's sort of the the wake-up call that he gets for his life as well that says, All right, I need to be on the straight and narrow now. Like I'm about to make a lot of money. I'm about to be one of the highest profile people in one of the biggest cities in America. And maybe this will be the wake up call that sort of sets them straight. Yeah, I, I, I can, uh, I can subscribe to that theory. I'm still, I'm mostly out, not really only because the accident. I mean, that is something mm-hmm. it's tragic, but it, that is something where as a young person, you do make mistakes. You didn't know what to do, but mm-hmm. I've said it at nauseum on this podcast. The fact that then two weeks later, when things are lined up for you to succeed at your pro day, yeah. you fail and you, right. you gain weight. You're not able to finish your exercises. Um, there's a few things I've heard, uh, just some, you know, people within Georgia about his like locker room character, kind of like, you know, diva qualities and, you know, maybe just isn't as committed to the game. And who knows, like we're, we're not in those like in-person interviews, like Ryan Poles is if he's met with this guy multiple times and he's got that assurance that, no, this is who I'm going to be going forward then you have to take him at his word for it. So I, I, I'm mostly out just kind of because that really lingered with me during his pro day. Well, but you very well could be right, Brendan. When, when it's all sudden, thing you gotta think about too is, um, like who's the leader that can sort of 
of lay down the law with him. Like, do we know Matt Eberflus is that sort of guy? Do we know, like, not a lot of experience on that defense, not a, a, a ton of overturn as well. So you've got a lot of young guys on that defense too. Are they going to be too impressionable? Are they not going to stand up when, when something does go wrong like that too? Like that, that is a major concern. It's funny. I was, I was actually watching uh, the last dance not too long ago, um, a couple hours ago. And it was the, the Dennis Rodman episode. And they were talking about how we would not have brought the bulls would not have brought in Dennis Rodman. If Michael and Scotty and Phil weren't in place there. And I get the totally different thing. We're talking about the greatest sports dynasty, one of the greatest sports dynasties we've ever seen versus a team that is in a rebuilding phase right now, right? But they wouldn't have brought in Dennis Rodman if they didn't have the infrastructure in place. And it'd be the, the very same scenario here, or I guess it's kind of the opposite scenario where the infrastructure isn't in place. So it's not worth taking this type of gamble here. And for Ryan Poles, like when you fail as a GM, you usually don't get another opportunity. Like head coaches, we see get other opportunities. GMs, we don't see get other opportunities. And if you look at it, this is his first ever first round pick. Mm -hmm. Is this where, is this the precedent you're going to set now? So he's certainly under the microscope for what he's going to do with this pick. And I think it is a very valid concern. I'm with you on that, Brendan, for sure. Uh, we have a couple more questions for you, but uh, one that uh, just came up this week as I'm listening to your show, and I'm sure you had a big hand in this, so kudos to you, but just the string of NFL draft analysts that you guys had on this week, of course, uh, Todd McShay one day, Mel Kuyper, and then Lewis Reddick, all having different opinions on what the Bears should do at the number nine pick. I mean, I think I could be wrong, but I believe McShay said Skaronsky, Mel Kuyper mm -hmm. said Paris Johnson. And Lewis Riddick said, darn all right. So all different opinions from very, right. yeah, very educated and people who've been in the business uh, for a long time. So kind of like sitting back after, you know, interviewing those guys and hearing what they have to say, like, how do you kind of wrap your mind about around like, well, everybody's coming from a different perspective. Um, Cause I, I think it's, it's difficult. I think for a normal fan, but like being on the show, like, how do you, uh, how was that? I guess I'm wondering, you know, getting all those different opinions all at mm -hmm. once, like, you know, who do you, what do you take away from all that? Yeah. I think the, even though they gave you three different prospects, they're all under the offensive tackle umbrella. Yeah. So I think it just kind of shows you the values that they have. And, and also take by taking a look at the needs that the team has as well, the values of where they are as, as football minds too. And brilliant football minds as well um those three are but to me like like protecting justin keeping him upright and i'm all for that but it was interesting i, I heard this on a podcast um who is it he was a, a former lions quarterback he was a backup quarterback and they asked him uh robert mays asked him um what do you prefer do you prefer the offensive tackle the stud offensive tackle or do you prefer having the the stud wide receiver? What's more important for you as a quarterback? And I found his answer interesting. Um, he said he preferred the, the stud wide receiver. And now, granted, he played with Calvin Johnson, so that is another level of stud, right? But he thought, like, when I'm in a panic, I can throw it up to that guy, and I know he's going to make a play for me. Um, and I can, I can survive with that. But I see where these guys are coming from. Like, you want to protect the asset, especially after – 
he got sacked as much as he did last year and he dealt with injuries last year. So I want to keep him healthy. And on top of that, he already does play a very vulnerable style of football as well with as much as he runs. And listen, he's not a run and slide guy. He's going to try and run through you at times. Now he does slide too, but there are plays where Justin Fields is going to be a physical runner. So you want to take the burden off of him when he's in the pocket. Um, but you know, I, I see where where they're coming from, from the offensive line perspective right there. I just, to me, another way to protect your quarterback is to get a lead. And giving you the capability to run the football as well, that's even bigger, I think. And, and to have that flexibility to run frequently, especially in the final quarters, and when you're just trying to drain the clock there, I think that's important. And that defense... If they are, that's investing in your quarterback is investing in your defense because how many of those games where Justin Fields was putting up 28, 30, 33 points, whatever it was, they lose those games. But if you have a, an average, even an average defense, like that to me is going to give you, you're, you're going to have the capability to run the football. Other way of protecting your quarterback as well. Sorry, I thought Jack had something. So um, real quickly, you you mentioned wide receivers. I think this is a great segue into our next question. Uh, and I'm going to put another one in there as well. Um, I just want to know, true or false from you, at this point, the Chase Claypool trade was a bad trade because there's a lot of discourse going on on Bears Twitter. Mm -hmm. People are up in arms about it. And just speaking of Bears Twitter and Bears banter, like, you're in the business, obviously you get it. How do you stay sane with just all of these takes <laughs> and all of these fans, like whether it's Twitter, whether it's fans calling uh -huh. in, like what's your, what's your remedy? Cause I'm sure we could all use it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think part of it is you just got to know when, when people are, are reaching for extremes at times too. Um, so, so to be honest, like some of it is you just kind of roll with it and, and, some of this stuff just goes in one year and out the other. Sometimes that can be the healthiest thing with some of the absurdities that you do see on, on Twitter and stuff like that. But to, to the Claypool point, listen, I, I'm going to say true. I think it was a bad trade. Like I, you look at the pick that the bears ended up giving up and not just the fact that it is the, Oh, it's the 32nd pick, right? It's a rounder there, but it may be even more important of a, quasi first rounder because a it is in a traditional draft would be the last pick of the first round but now you also have that ability because like i feel like we see this every single year but that drafts first in the second round is not the team that we saw draft first in the first round or had the first pick in the first round because that is such a prized commodity that is i'm sure it's one of those picks where when you're making trades the next day it has more value than anything because some guy slipped out of the first round and some GM says, can't believe that guy got out of the first round. Let's go get him. Let's trade up to that first pick of the second round. And you've got that buffer time to talk and as well overnight, right? Like if Ryan Poles still had that 32nd pick that overnight, I bet you he doesn't sleep overnight because of the fact that he would be fielding so many trade calls the, the night before. Um, so I, I think it's, I value having that pick there. And also like some of the stuff with Chase Claypool, like he doesn't high point the football well. Um, 
And I think a lot of his production, his first year in the league. Now, don't get me wrong. As a second or third receiver, it's more palatable to me. Um, but I don't think you're really trading that level of pick for uh, a second or third receiver. Um, I, I I don't think that's the the value that I'm looking to get there. Um, I think he can be a fine player, but I think he he's being asked a little to do a little bit of what he's not required or he's asked to be do a little too much at times. Uh, last year's team that was I mean we know it was a bad team last year. Um, but even if you looked at some of his numbers and some of his things in Pittsburgh, like he got off to that start his rookie year, but he never reached those numbers ever again. And it always gives me a little bit of pause when Pittsburgh is the one moving on from a receiver because it feels like history has proven them right more times than not. When you think about some of the other guys, Antonio Brown, Plaxico Burris, like there are some guys that have had uh, problems after leaving Pittsburgh from the receiver room too. And, and I'm not saying like Chase Claypool's a bad dude. He seems like a great dude. Um, but sometimes we see like they know that position well and they know culture well. And when you're trying to build culture, you want those sort of like Pittsburgh knows culture guys and them moving on from Chase Claypool seems a little fishy to me. Counterpoint, counterpoint. Oh, okay. They moved on from Emmanuel Sanders and the Broncos won the Super Bowl. They moved on from Antonio Brown and the Bucks won the Super Bowl, <laughs> not related to Tom Brady at all. Uh, just, just saying. <laughs> no, listen. The, the Emmanuel Sanders one is certainly a, a good comparison there. Um, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you that one. But yeah, no, like, listen, you're, you're wrong. Every happens. You, you are yeah. wrong. You, you guess wrong on some things. You yeah. even not, not even guessing. Your, your educated uh, guesses are wrong at times too. Um, but I think you look at the, the track record there. Like, I, I'd be hesitant on anyone that, that not just receivers, but anyone that Pittsburgh moves on from in reality, because they yeah. do have such a great culture and great leader. Your, your points about the pick value are, are interesting and kind of add to my understanding of the situation a little bit better, because I feel like most of the folks that are done with Claypool are down on him because of his performance. And I just, I feel like there, there's really no appropriate way to gauge his performance given the complete impotence of the offense last year. We've, you know, we've had some analysts on breaking down, offensive play sets for the bears and you know they, they can't protect protect even in like you know max coverage so sure. so the ability to be able to run an offensive passing scheme to get him into routes to to be able to work to try to get him open i, I just i feel like we've seen none of that yet because of how terrible the offensive passing game was especially so so i guess that adds some perspective to me because it sounds to me like you're saying a lot of it for you is about the pick and the pick value yeah. and not so mm -hmm. much about the performance of, of Claypool. Yes. A hundred percent there, because you look at uh, what like Claypool will be better than what we saw from him in a bears uniform this past year for a couple of reasons. A he's got talent and B it's not hard to that he had last season as a member of the Chicago bears. Um, but it's the pick that really bothers me. Like, you look at and remember when the trade went down, everyone assumed that the second rounder going to Pittsburgh was the one that they got in the Roquan Smith deal. And that to me was the, the big factor in the, I, I look at 
the you knew you were not going to have a good record this year. Now, did you know you were going to be drafting first over, or have the the first overall pick in that second round? No, you go out and acquire a guy like Chase Claypool to not have the first overall pick in the second round, right? But once it all, once everything sort of settled in there, and you have Claypool, and you have the, the the ability to have that first overall pick of the second round, it's a valuable pick, and it's one that you can flip into many more picks as a result of it. And that to me, yeah, it, it is more so the the pick as opposed to the production that we saw from Claypool this year. Cause I think Claypool will get better. Tyler, before we get you out of here, I want to ask uh, your prediction. I know these questions are always tough before the draft because you have no idea uh, what needs are going to fill, what needs they're not going to fill, but let's just assume from your perspective, the bears have what you would consider a successful draft. Uh, what do you think over under on number of wins for the bears this year? So are you talking about like the, the Vegas total, what they've set right now? Yeah, I think it's seven and a half. So would you put them uh, over the seven and a half total or under? I, I'm actually pretty confident they go over. Um, and I think there's a couple of factors in hand here. First off, the schedule. When you look at the teams that they're going on, you've got the NFC South and what is it in the AFC? Is it the AFC South this year too? AFC um, West. Or AFC West. Okay. You're right. Yep. So the AFC is going to be a little tough. Um, Vegas struggled last year. Uh, It could have rounding seasons here. But AFC South, you didn't know the quarterback of a single one of the – the Saints hadn't signed Derek Carr yet. We still don't know who the quarterback – I mean, we have a pretty educated guess of who the Panthers quarterback is going to be, but they're picking a quarterback. So, like – Everything was sort of up in the air there. I don't think vision's going to be all that great. Sort of external factors there. And I think it's pretty easy, for, right? Like, leave out and be the better football team, have the capability. And I think the other part, too, and kind of my entire mantra surrounding this Bears team is just be average in certain spots, and that's going to bump you at least four wins from last year. There was so much bad, and if you just got to average at a couple of spots along this team, you see significant improvement, and that's, I think, exactly what we've seen this offseason. Even if the Bears don't have what I deem a successful draft this year, what they've done in free agency to shore up some spots, I think average in a number of positions and position groups will get you an improvement, and then... You still there, Tyler? Oh yeah, you got me. Yeah, yeah, your internet kind of kind of get a little shaky there, but we we definitely got it. Like you know, especially with the division, um, mm-hmm. with the opponents they're playing and how just bad they were last year. A lot of those those near losses and just competitive games should look like better wins this year. So, um, but anyway, we I, I think we've kept you over time, but um, we just want to thank you so much for for giving us so much time to talk about the draft talk about your espn upbringing too to be honest i mean i i think i speak for everyone here but we are big espn 1000 fans we would love to have you on again even to just talk about some of those those behind the scenes and your you know more stories about you know your upbringing with espn 1000 um but i want to give you a chance if there's any i know you guys have some draft coverage coming up this week um yeah what uh what what special things are you doing are going to on Thursday for the first round of the Carmen and Yurko are down in Kansas City draft. Um, nice. And then Waddle and Sylvie 
will be at Soldier Field. There's this Bears draft party, like the official draft party, I think it's called, um, for the Bears. So we will be there for that. Uh, Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer will also. And we are going to have a like a streaming and a Twitch special as well as a part of that. So because uh, the the White Sox have a, a game at night, but you will still get coverage of the NFL draft from Soldier Field from Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer. So all that stuff is going to be happening and taking place. And Bluck and Abdallah will also be at Soldier Field. Cap's going to be doing some interviews with some Bears personnel as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be uh, locked and loaded for this draft season. So looking forward to it. Dude, that's that's so awesome. Well, uh, congrats again on all your success and the station success. Um, you're an awesome addition to the Waddle and Sylvie show. And we're just excited to keep you keep seeing you grow uh, within the industry. So thank you again, Tyler. No problem. Anytime, guys. That was a lot of fun and, and look forward to doing it again. Thanks, awesome. Tyler. Thanks, Tyler. No problem. Guys. Oh, I cut him off. Sorry. <laughs> got a little got a little uh jumpy there. But oh man, that was that was so great. I, I would love to get him back on to have some of those uh you know behind the scenes stories and hear more about the sort of the inner workings of ESPN one thousand. I think that'd be a fun topic. Really like the nuance of the claypool discussion because well as we've said before there's so much it's so redundant right now and and maybe i i feel like i'm uh, you maybe you guys have heard that um, side of the argument presented that well but i haven't i feel like i just have a bunch of people you know whining about his play on my twitter feed and and uh, it really gives me some some pause and cause for thought on the value of the pick even though i do think claypool will We'll play much better. Uh, I always like to use shells your your phrase, right? Right, right, you know, raising tide lifts all ships. I think yeah. that's going to happen with the offense. Yeah, there. We we knew it was an overpay when they got the Bears pick. Yes. Of course, we knew the Bears were going to be worse than the Ravens. We didn't realize how bad it was going to be. So yeah. I think all of us, even when it happened, we kind of said and looked back like, ooh. That's that's a bit steep. Hopefully he does something at least this year because that was also part of the idea of integrating him this year with Justin Fields to make 2023 even better, which yes. we didn't really get. But uh, yes. yeah, kudos to you, Jack. That was I'm really you know, glad you were able to get him. Thank on. you. He's a great. I mean, he talked about meeting us out. You know, I remember when I met him out. Uh, you know, at the remote over in Warrenville, it was freezing cold this past winter, and he, you know, he's trying to get all the stuff back in the truck, and it's pretty late at night, and. He stood there, I mean, so incredibly professionally and 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 just kind, and said, "Oh, oh yeah, Jack, I, you know, I remember you," and 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 talked to me for quite a while. And um, you hit the nail on the head when you just talked about kind of their values and you know the show's values and Waddle and Sylvie being so incredibly selfless and kind, even though they're big time. They they've that whole show. Think about it. You know, pretty much everybody uh, has been incredibly gracious to to our pod. Yeah, they really have. So uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we get them on again, get back some more ESPN 1000 personalities because we are a big fan of the station. Um, so we're coming up on 830 Central Time here. We're coming up on an hour, but we, we've we talked about this a little bit over the last few weeks, and everybody knows how I feel about mock drafts. I've said it so many times. I, I don't necessarily care them. about seeing – Tag him yeah. in all your mock drafts on Twitter. It's at Brendan yeah. Chagru. Hashtag <laughs> mock draft. Hashtag keep them coming. Hashtag he can't get enough. One of those hashtags might get problematic there. 
<laughs> I don't care. Dangle's not here. I don't care. I'll, I'll let the I'll let the train go off the rails. But what I was going to say was, we have been talking about having a show mock draft and having it one time before the draft. And thankfully, we don't have to see these much anymore. But we thought it would be a fun exercise to have the three of us go through a Bears mock draft, see who we come up with, kind of debate between the three of us on who we want. So hopefully this doesn't break my internet. I'm going to be using the PFN, the Pro Football okay. Network. I just used PFN a little bit ago. That one, uh, I like that one. With the trades? Yeah, yeah. Cool. And with players now too. Oh, cool. All right, let's do this. Hey guys, it's Brendan. So the first mock draft we did did end up going badly. It killed my internet, so I just cut it. We started to get into a conversation about whether or not it made sense for the Bears to draft Bijan Robinson. So I left that part in there just in case there's any confusion about a jump cut. And then after we did the mock draft again with no issues. So just wanted to clear anything up. Thanks again for listening. And if you want to kind of get the full experience of the mock draft, make sure you watch it on YouTube. It's I think we do a decent job on audio, but it's much better watching on YouTube. So thanks again. I think wasn't Bijan was up there and, and, and Jalen Carter. So we would have yeah. had a pretty tough decision to make there. I, I mean, Unless we're both, unless we, you know, all three of us are agreeing. And it, as it sits there in front of you, it's tougher, right? Because there's Bijan and there's Jalen Carter. So you're going to go D tackle or offensive tackle there? I will, I will go on a, a homicidal spree, the <laughs> likes of which this world has never seen. If we take Bijan Robinson with the number nine overall pick, I just can't, I can't, I can't get behind that, guys. I just can't. Yeah. I, I got right. Go ahead. I, I got so close to tweeting out. I didn't I really wanted to do it because I don't think it's gonna happen, but I'm scared of the receipts. Um, I was gonna say I would eat the hot chip if the Bears took Bijan Robinson wow. at number nine. Wow. At number nine, though, if they traded down and got yeah. him, I'd be okay, but I'm I'm scared. Yeah, it, <laughs> I can't I can't see it either. I really can't for some of the reasons Tyler stated. Um, polls philosophy and the NFL's philosophy on running backs that it just to me it would not it's a luxury pick and the Bears do not have the luxury of making a luxury pick at this point right um I I just real quick guys because this this topic has got me spun up on Twitter a bit go off King the the idea that like um I don't know why so many people are afraid of improving pass protection by improving the offensive line. Like we're, we're so concerned with these tangential, you know, secondary and tertiary ways of improving the passing game instead of, you know, improving the pass protection. Like let's, let's stop with the, Oh, if we get a dynamic running back or we get a, a better blocking tight end or our, we change our scheme or more zone reads or let's just, let's just like, get our guys in the trenches to beat the crap out of your guys in the trenches and give Justin Fields some time. Like, why are we shying away from building up the passing game through the offensive line? Yeah. There are a number of other way, other ways to improve your, your passing game. But when it comes down to it, it is about my guys in the trenches versus your guys in the trenches. And, and that's where we should be focusing in my opinion, not on, uh, you know, a uh, uh, dynamic running back, but solidifying the offensive line, because I don't care who's out there. 
if Justin Fields doesn't have time, we saw what happened last year. It, it doesn't matter um, who's running those routes. It doesn't matter if you think Bijan Robinson is a dynamic route runner as a running back. Justin Fields doesn't have the time. He's not getting the ball, guys. I, I agree. I, I don't think it's – I really don't think it's going to happen. I was shocked that Daniel Jeremiah even floated the idea because that's where it came from this week. And I saw he did an AMA on the NFL subreddit, and he was asked about Bijan Robinson, and he said, well, he should go 10 to the Eagles because that makes the most sense, but they're not going to because that's not how they operate. And I'm like, okay, well, they have Ian Cunningham, who just came from the Eagles – why do you think the Bears would do it? Right. Right. So, all right, Jack, we're trying this again. Again, I feel like it, it's working on your end. Yeah, my. Yeah, let's give it. Let's give it one more try. What do you think? Yeah, but shows you make excellent points. Uh, I wasn't trying to. I was just to see if I could set this up while you were. Yeah. While you were going, because that was that was that was excellent. Okay, so what do we got here? We want to. You guys. Wow, Will Anderson. Will Anderson's still on the board. You guys guide me here. <clears throat> that's a really that that's a strong. Yes, that's it a is. strong hall right there. <laughs> you don't want to go to 31 shells, right? I don't want to go to 31. No. I don't. I, I feel like you need to get a top flight talent in the first round. And yeah, okay. you, you can't drop that far. Pick 13, pick 43. All right. So hold on. This might be. I, I mean, like Will Anderson's on the board. I don't want to say no to that, but you can still get a tackle and then get in back into the 40s if you take yeah, this. Trip. Yeah. Johnson's there, Skaronsky's there, Wright's there. This is one I'd consider. Yeah. Drop back four do picks you, and you pick up one of your Anderson, three spots. Uh, what do you think, I, Jack? I'm, I'm, let's well, we can, like we can vote it out. So I would uh, I would accept. I would too. All right. Well, it doesn't matter what I say then. Okay. <laughs> well, you're the host, man. It it, it only <laughs> matters what you say. You regret that. Oh, look at your no. guy. JSN is there. <laughs> uh, oh, both. Um, we're not going to move back again. I would assume, right? Yeah, I don't want. No, I don't want to get too like trade happy because it's yeah. then it just becomes really ridiculous. It's already All ridiculous. Right. As All it right, is. relax, Jacksonville. We just said we don't want to get trade happy. <laughs> yeah, didn't they? Lord. I was on the phone with them. Weren't you on the phone with them? <laughs> All right. Oh man, who do we so, got? All right, Johnson was picked at nine. Skaronsky uh, <laughs> or, or JSN. <laughs> I, I, so, I might go right as really? much as I, this is so for me, this is like an interesting question that I've been thinking about. Like, do you, I don't know what Skaronsky is going to be, right? Like let's just assume his arms are too short to play tackle, or let's assume he doesn't pan out and tackle. I still think he's like, going to be a well above average guard, right? Like he's, he's going to be a rock solid offensive lineman that you can likely set and forget for a while. Um, So the question is, do you take a guy that, you know, is just going to be a real solid, you know, starter, probably, you know, multiple pro bowl type of guy, but may not be your left tackle uh, or may not be a tackle at all. Maybe have to kick in on the inside, but it's going to be really, really good and solid or, do you want to take a little bit of a risk on a higher uh, ceiling guy at a more premium position? I mean, I I would lean to Skaronsky. I think I think he's the more polished guy. I think he's the safer pick. I think he's a you solve a hole. I think you you absolutely fill a need and solve a hole 
with that pick. You could fill a, fill a, a more pressing role or need with with a tackle and Darnell Wright, but you may have a little bit more question with him, I guess. But it's an interesting dilemma. I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, Skaronsky is that guy. He's he's. You can compare him to. I'm not comparing him to Quentin Nelson. I'm just saying. If you pick a guard that high, he's probably going to be really, really good and really, really good for a long time. It's really it comes down to best player available in a sense versus drafting for need because you don't know where Skaronsky's going to play. He could very likely move inside. Do the Bears like need a guard more than they need a tackle? I would argue no. You need I would say you need a tackle more than more than that. But if you're going to get a bona fide playmaker like this who you can just put inside and then leave for potentially a decade, that's huge versus trying to reach maybe a little bit for somebody like Darnell Wright, who you know is going to be a right tackle at least to start out and fills that need. So I don't think there's a there's no wrong answer here because either way you're upgrading your line. It's just a matter of where that upgrade is going to come specifically. Yeah, my concern too would be a little bit with with the health of Tevin Jenkins. I mean, a healthy Tevin Jenkins all, all day left guard. Let's go, Adkins on the other guard. I'm, I'm pretty pleased with that. But I, I think what we found is that you know two things. One, there's a lot of uh, you know um, there's a lot of experimenting with the offensive line to find which combination is best a lot of players who are asked to play multiple positions and then there are injuries. Now, hopefully that doesn't, you know, like that's not the long term for the Chicago bears, but I mean, of, of those two guys, who, who do you think plays next year and has an impact? Yeah. I, I feel yeah. like you said, I feel, I feel like you, you thought Skaronsky was the guy. Yeah. Okay. All right. And uh, now I, I don't want the chat to, you know, I love that we're, we're having interaction. I don't want it to influence us, but I will just say uh, Jordan, uh, you know, really, he's like pick Skaronsky. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Um, do they do they hate our trade back? I don't have the chat up. I don't think so. No. Okay. All right. Um, I have a no on this one. Okay. <laughs> Renfro, <laughs> a healthy <Right>. Renfro <laughs> in the end zone, but yeah. Move no. down seven. Nope. No, that pick. I like that pick. Forty-three. Okay. Ooh. Push. Oh, I, That's, I know, I know, I know what you want to do. I know what you want yeah, to do. Yeah, he's he, one of my two super duper draft crushes that are right. not offensive linemen. That's that would be my pick. I know, I know who's available. Go on, go on defense. I know uh, Adebore is available, which would be solid. Ooh, oh, jeez, God, why in the simulation is Brees? been passed over right i, I don't know it's it's drunk i love these simulations they're not <laughs> <laughs> do they know something that we don't know did something just come in i know <laughs> um i think i'd go i'd go breezy i would as well would you i would i but that zay flowers pick man that was ah oh, tipman no my my boy <laughs> reject yeah i'd reject I don't care. I, I'm I'm Ryan Pace. I don't care about future picks right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, 53. Mozzie Smith. I, I had taken Mozzie in an earlier draft. Um, yeah. I mean. Who's on offense? I want to see linemen. Uh, let's see. Mm. You want. Um, I don't want to pick yeah. another. Guard. We need a tackle at some point. Um. 
Bergeron gone already? I don't think this is the spot to do it, though. I don't think it is either. Not, oh, wow, he's fallen. Okay. Um, what else we got? Another, another D-tackle? I don't know. That's I a, mean, can we go back? It, 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 <laughs> the cupboard is bare, though, right? I mean, think about like the, the cupboard, cupboard is bare. Bare. I mean, they, they stripped it down to, yeah. to nada. I mean, Mozzie Smith would. I know he kind of didn't like put up numbers, but he would be. I mean, that'd still be a great pick, especially at 53. Um, What else would you Just seeing here. That's probably where I'd go, although. Just double up. Yeah. But we got 64, too. So, okay. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's where I would go. Moelle Cox. I don't want Moelle Cox. No, they, they they offered me that in an earlier one today too, and I was mm. like, yeah, no, he's he's mid, as the kids would say. Yeah, shells way. might like Moelle Cox. He, you know what? You're right. Yeah. You know, he's I'm trying know. to enlarge right. his screen. Um, I hear uh, um, Bukowski likes Mo Cox. Dingle's <laughs> uh, not here to tell us no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> So I'm going to get a quarterback every yeah. draft, but not with this pick, right? We're going to wait for yeah. later on that, aren't we? Um, we need it. We definitely need a, a cornerback. Um, and we Who's need an available edge. tackle. I, I, we do need an edge. You want offensive tackle? I just want to see who's available. Ooh, Freeland. You're that's, still too, that's still too early for either of those guys. Reach. Uh, who's, who's at the edge again? Yeah. Um, Yeah, take Thule. Yeah, Shells? Oh, wait, oh, yeah. or or uh, or Derek Hall. Uh, I guess it could go either. I'm on board with Thule. Yeah, I am too. Where are I am too. Yeah. Hmm? Shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. All, everybody All right. wants to trade us a tight end. Nobody believes okay. in Cole Komet. Oh, my gosh. Look at – oh, I'm still on edge. Duh. Um, okay. Now – now, can I talk you into a cornerback or no? Or, or what's your feeling? You can talk. Corner? Yeah, I, I'm just I'm nervous that we're not picking any tackles, but I get it. Okay. Well, let's Ooh, take another look. Imagine. We could have waited on a DT. Mm. We're at nah. 60. We gotta wait. Yeah. Nah. Don't we? Mm. All right. Well, who's who's available at corner? We've got. Oh, DJ. I can't Turner. take another Michigan guy. Two Michigan guys with billion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I yeah, it's Wisconsin. probably. Hmm. I was going heavy Wisconsin in my earlier mods. Yeah, I mean, like, like, like why not? Right? They, they, they like it's football yeah. university. Right? Yeah. Um, see, look at Benton still available. We probably went D tackle too early. We so. we went double D tackle too early. Let that be a lesson to you, Ryan Poles. Yeah. It seems like it's deep, right? There's a lot of edge rushers on the board. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I don't hate. I, I love the Breezy pick where we put picked him. I think Mozzie Smith was, eh. was overkill. Fair enough. Could be. All right, you want to? I I'm okay with picking Turner. Chels. Too as long late. as they don't yeah. play Ohio State, because they can't beat those guys, right? Oh boy. So they did beat him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now you want me to look for offensive tackles again? Yeah. 
Yeah. And we missed our window. Oh, yeah, we kind of. <laughs> <laughs> We're bad GMs. <laughs> we rock. We, we, we rock. Uh, I mean, doing, it, doing it in real time is like, you know, that's some pleasure. No, <laughs> All right. I mean, I do like Wanya Morris. I'm just not sure if I'd pick him at 103. Not that I want to take a running back here, but I've heard so much upside about Izzy. Um, they think he, he will be a long-term viable running back. Uh, Jack, click on the Bears logo. Wow. Because you can see the rest of the picks we have. Right there. He's Sean Booty. Look at that. Wow. Remember he was talked about as a first-round talent beginning of the year. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I I know you guys. I, I don't hate this. I, I don't. No, I don't. I, I don't hate it. I'm just. I, yeah, I just I like. Yeah. If I could have, looking back, I would have subbed out Mozzie mm-hmm. Smith for an offensive tackle. I think you're right because I think we at some point we need a KC line or an Eagles line, and that's got to start. Yeah. Now, it's got to start now. So. I, um, I got one big takeaway from from doing this mock draft. We can get into later, but okay. Uh, yeah, Jack, I I'm okay. I, I know it's kind of a reach, but I would be okay picking Wanya Morris. Otherwise, I could be talked into picking somebody like Jaden Reed or Booty. But I'm I kind of get a little concerned about uh, Kayshawn Booty. Yeah, we're gonna talk more about. Cox and booty later, but, um, we, uh, we don't forget Coons. <laughs> right. So that does seem like a reach for Morris at one twenty six. We yeah. Get... But you're in the fourth round at this point. And I mean, is he going to be there at one thirty three? Okay. Yeah. All right. We got our own tackle. Who's the receivers available? <clears throat> Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I gotta be honest at this point. Um, <laughs> I don't. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I don't. I'm not, I don't consider myself a draft guru, but certainly not in the fifth. Sixth That's all right. You know, we can. Have, we just we're just having fun with it. Yes. That's why we're having Jacob Infante. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. What, 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 I could. I, I could be talked into uh, Byron Young from Tennessee. As another edge, me for a second. Who, hey, who, let's let's get ourselves another Michigan guy. Uh, yeah. grab a tight end, yeah. The wide receiver, yeah. no go. This is going to be great for the audio listeners that are going to be like, Yeah, oh, that's a great <laughs> point. Yeah, you're gonna, sorry, y'all, you're gonna want to. I'm sorry. Uh, we can even make a note of that, right? I, so, uh, yeah, we're, we're, there... we're okay at linebacker right now. I think, you know, I don't think we need any more. Depth. If we get depth, at I mean, we could always use here. a linebacker. I'd be okay with I'd be okay with linebacker or Young as the edge. Either one. There, there are two Byron Youngs ranked yeah, right next to defense. each other. I would go yeah, another edge yeah. personally. Okay. I pick uh, the linebacker, or I'd pick uh, uh, Curtis McGlo. Washington, Parker Washington, Luke Shoemaker. We can get a tight end later. Okay. I'd go personally. I'd go McClendon or 
two two. I I don't think we can have enough offensive line. We're just loading up the lines. Yep. Mm-hmm. Screw know. it. All right, who's a uh, who's at wide receiver? I, okay, I take uh, I'd either take Parker Washington or Tajay Spears. Um, why am I not even seeing Spears? Because, I'm sorry, that was I'm running back. I'd either oh, take a okay. Washington, yeah, as a wide receiver or the guy Spears from Tulane, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Tulane. last time we picked a running back out of Tulane, that worked out pretty well for us. No, it did. Let's take a look uh, at where we're at here. What our needs are still. I mean, I do feel like we we filled some needs, right? We've got we've got um, three offensive linemen. We've got ourselves two edge rushers, (laughs) two defensive tackles. And yeah, I mean, honestly, if you're going to build the guts of this thing, you know, who knows how they will pan out? And it's not going to be. That's not a sexy draft. I get it. But it's a needed draft, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so we got what two more picks? Best available, a lot of quarterbacks. Oh gosh, I thought that said Mitchell Trubisky. I was like, whoa. Yeah, I've, I've done that a few times. Jack. Yeah, yeah, right. It looks like. Where are you guys? Are you guys a draft a quarterback late kind of guy or no? I, I, I would, because I think it's leverage. You know, I mean, and you never know who's gonna who's gonna. Um, yeah come out of the woodwork when it comes to that. I I would like to see us start doing that. All right. What do you think? I would go. Yeah. uh, At this point, I I still like to get a wide receiver and KC took DTR right before. So that's the only quarterback I wanted. Okay. So you can go Tinsley. You like Tinsley? Okay. Yeah. I'm intrigued by Michael Jefferson too, but I'm okay with Tinsley. All right. And then I would just Dang- say for the seventh, just pick the best available on the board. D- Dangle, uh, Dangle would be happy about that. A center. Pick Forsyth. Do it. Do it. Let's do, do, it. do it. Yay, we did it. Yeah, we did All it. All right, so d- I'll just go through. At 13, Peter Skaronsky. At 43, it's <laughs> a joke, Brian Breesey. <laughs> At 53, Mozzie Smith, D-tackle from Michigan. Uh, at 61, Thule, I can't remember how to say his name. The Edge from USC, 64, DJ Turner, cornerback from Michigan, 103, Wanya Morris, tackle Oklahoma, Byron Young at 133, Edge, Tennessee. You scroll down. Yeah, it's not money. There we go. Curtis McClendon at 136, guard Chattanooga. Is that, can we not get the rest of the full results? Uh, there's all these ads. Let me see what I can do here. Um, that's ah, fine. Whatever. We'll yeah. <laughs> there's so many ads. I think Tajay Spears was after that. And then, yeah, it's fine. No worries. Okay. Don't worry about it. All right. We did well, it. We did I it. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, it's such a good exercise. I think anyways, it's like in preparation to like, to see what kind of situations he's actually yeah. in, man. Holy cow. Like what's he get? What is he going to do with nine? It's can, it's can we go back to 43 and see who was after that pick? I will certainly try to here. Yeah, just keep, just keep scrolling if you can. I know, but it's not letting me. You guys, no, it's not. These stupid ads. You got the fourth oh. tab up? Is it? Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, Flowers was the big one. 
Is that Darnell Washington? You, Adebore you, was was a, was yeah. a strong yeah. consideration for me too. Yeah. Any like so no, no stud offensive lineman. That was that was the only other thing who I was thinking. The, yeah, who else went? Or can you go scroll down yeah. a little bit? It is, yeah, it is I was going to see if like we missed out on a good. No, I think lineman. it was like the pick sixty four that we missed out on the lineman. Oh wait. So there's our full one. Okay, yeah. so there's our full one. Mm. So we finished with Tajay Spears, then Mitchell Tinsley, the wide receiver from Ben State, and then Alex Forsyth, center from Oregon. So it's not bad, but no, I, I just wish we did a little more at tackle. That's all. I do too. Oh, okay. Where did, where did you want me to go? To see if there were more. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's where me. we that's where we started mm. to miss. Like yeah. um, McClendon, that was one. And I think, yeah, that drop from like 60, yeah, after 64, that's where they all went. Yep. Freeland, I think Bergeron was part of that. So and that was the sweet spot of tackles that you wanted or, uh, that, that we missed because of uh, Maisie. Yeah. I figured one of them would be available, Fair. but that's such a steep drop. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Well, do you want to hide that screen if you can? Yes. I will hide that screen. Oh, I got it. Perfect. Cool. All right. Well, I hope that <laughs> if you're listening for audio, go to the YouTube. Yes. Um, I know we had a snafu early on with the draft. That was my bad. Uh, but that was still a fun exercise to kind of go through. So um, appreciate everyone hanging on with us. Uh, all right. We're way over time. So let's just get to shout outs and get out of here. Uh, so we'll go Jack shells and I'll finish it up. Well, I think it would be apropos to just thank all the guys on the Waddle and Sylvie show. You know, now we've had, we've had Mark Silverman on. Uh, we've had Tom Waddle on and now I've had uh, Tyler Aki. We just need to have the other, we have, we need to get Meller on and then we'll be we need to get Meller. I'd love yeah. to talk with Meller. Oh, he's good. He's great. Um, it's just a great group of guys. Um, so to, you know, to the crew of the Waddle and Sylvie show, thank you so much for being on our show and for supporting the Bear Down Chicago podcast. Shout out to you guys. Uh, real quick. I want to give a shout out to, uh, my guy, Tommy Cavanaugh, he's at Tommy K underscore NFL draft. Um, seemed to be the one voice of reason on Twitter this week as I battled people who wanted to take B. John Robinson with the ninth overall pick. So thank you, Tommy, for injecting some uh, reason into the debate. And uh, for that, you get my shout out this week. Uh, my shout out goes to a friend of the show, Todd Welter, um, just showing support for uh, some of the articles I've written and a lot of people too. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to name them all, but just a few people uh, that stood out. Gregory Bell, Mama Bear um, were two, definitely. So thank you guys uh, just so much for always always showing the love for any of the work that we do, um, as well as on my side with the written stuff. Uh, shout out to my buddy Ty, not Tyler Aki, but my buddy uh, Ty, who's not on Twitter, but he listens to the show religiously and uh, had dinner with uh, him and his lovely wife, Hannah, with uh, my wife last night. So it was great to see him. And then, uh, look, I've talked a lot about the Cubs. Um, so I wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, Cody Delmendo over at CHGO. Uh, Cody does a great job with the CHGO Cubs podcast and uh, just, you know, huge, huge Cubs fan. And I uh, just wanted to give him and his podcast a quick shout out. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, thank you guys so much for hanging with us. I know it's a different show without Ryan. Uh, we hope. You know, he's going to be back, uh, you know, probably next week, but uh, 
stepping into pinch hit. I know, of course, there were some <laughs> issues that ran into it with the internet and the mock draft, but we appreciate you uh, sticking with us. And as always, please make sure you follow us. Leave us some reviews if you can. Spread the word. That's how this podcast grows. And uh, we'll be back next week with Jacob Infante to break down the Bears draft. It's finally happening. We can finally, you know, let the speculation end. So uh, we'll see you next Sunday for Jack Wright, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, and myself. Uh, Have a great start to your week. And as always, bear down.